0: Good afternoon, ladies, um, and welcome everyone to uh, the Untitled Art Podcast presented by Artsy. It is day four of the Art Fair, which started on Monday, and I'm here with three amazing women, curators, gallerists, artists, advocates, and... Supporters of the arts, all based in New York City, but having very different histories and programs, and I'm very excited um, to introduce you, because, um, because I think you've had such a different experience in New York City. Um, I think because you have been independent because you've um, pursued artist projects that you believe in and you've built your presentations that you have today through you know, 10 years, some more than 10 years of working with artists in New York City which is a melting pot, of course, in a global cosmopolitan city with artists from all over the world. So, thank you for being here it is my great pleasure to speak to you all, and i 'm um, going to start by um, by way of introduction, just going around and asking each of you to say something about yourself you know just say something about the past, you know um, how you 've uh, kind of created a you know a, a, a a space for art and artists in New York City in the past few years. The work you've been doing all along, you know, before uh, um, the visibility that you have now at the fair, for instance. I want to give people a bit of a background and a sense of who you are, where you come from, and what what it is you do. So maybe um, we'll start with Sarah Crown because she's right next to me and um in the center is elena simone and to the far right of us is Marissa newman so welcome ladies thank you for being here um i'm excited to to chat to you so Sarah, do you want to go first and just you know tell us a little bit about you and what brought you to new york what you've been doing for the past few years and uh maybe where you are at now
1: yes uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I'm really proud that I can be part of this talk. <laughs> um, I'm Sarah Crown. I'm based in New York. I work as an independent curator and advisor. And I have been in New York for more than 11 years now. And I'm, I founded a program called Art in Lobbies because I'm especially excited about bringing art into the realm where people actually live and work. And I'm also very interested in um, site specificity. Um, That's not the only thing I do. Um, I work with many emerging artists because I'm a big fan of talent scouting. And I curate exhibitions with them, ideally exhibitions that have um, a critical view of current social issues and politics. It doesn't have to be activism, but I do like when art initiates a discourse or initiates to reflect about some topics, some things that's going on. It's like, it shouldn't be just (laughs) the core. And I'm here in Miami, I curated the booth for um, a Milan-based gallery called uh, The Flat Massimo Carazzi. Um, We have two emerging artists at the booth, um, the Iranian artist Hiva Alizadeh, who makes three dimensional works with synthetic hair, and Nigerian born Bronx based artist Oderadi Nujakbe, um, with paintings and also three dimensional works made of paper.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Elena, would you like to go next and tell us a little bit about your background and yes. what brings you here? Thank
2: you, Natasha. My name's Elena Simone and I moved to New York in 2006. And in 2006 I was um, prior to that I was in Detroit. And in Detroit I was working as a uh, gallerist. so it was a for-profit gallery, but then I was also working and wor- you know running a nonprofit art space, which was run by um, a group of um, students, MFA grads from University of Michigan. Called five five five, so and I was drawn to five 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 because I have a lot of artists um, that were friends that I loved, and we were really just looking for a space. You realize, like, we we need space, you know, and that's what it is. It was, you know, where can we, where can we do what we need to do, and what do we need to do? It's like the majority of the artists that I work with, as you can see, that's you know, and reflected in my booth are interdisciplinary. You know, I'm using and working with multimedia. You know, so. You know, they're also like, they're singers, they're, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing sound, they're doing, um, you know, sculpture, they're, you know, everything, you know, painting. And for me, that was just exciting. And I started working with a um, um, gallerist. He was the biggest gallerist in Detroit at that time. His name was, uh, is, George Anamdi. And George was um, showing Frank Bowling. And the first show was um, Frank, you know, and he was, had just become a Royal Academician. And to me, I was like, whoa, what is this? What is a world? Of- I didn't even know. I didn't know how to say that, na- say that word. What's an academician? And um, you know, so it was Frank Bowling, Ed Clark, Howardina Pendel, all these artists that, are, that I, I, I just I fell in love with. And shortly after that, um, I moved with that gallery to, to New York. And we were right next to Rush Arts. And in 2006, if you know Rush Arts, that was being directed at that time by Derek Adams. And so it was, you know, Kahende Wiley was there. The Mickalines were there. You know, it was, you know, Wangeshi. And they were just starting out in 2006. And it was just an exciting explosion of, like, everything that was happening. Because we were working with the older artists, you know, the more emerging artists. But they, were, there was, they weren't getting any visibility at that time. And then from, from there, it was, like, the emerging. But, you know, they were still, like, they, but they were, you know, Howardena was in probably maybe 20 museums. But you know, had you know, really like had not been you know, her work wasn't really selling on the market. I remember there was a piece that popped up at Christie's, and it was like maybe eight thousand. Two thousand and six, Ed Clark, we couldn't give away, you know, and we would do these. Um, I wasn't really concentrating on sales at that time. I was really about like awareness. So creating these safe spaces for artists, for collectors to engage and be immersed in you know in the art you know and so uh, this is for me to be here now is just really exciting so you know thank you to Untitled I mean this is like really like a dream even to be across from Mei who's there and he's um you know representing Sylvia Mayer who's a amazing you know painter and friend so I mean all these you know and I'm here with you guys so it's you know it just feels like I'm I'm just kind of overwhelmed and thankful so awesome Um, Uh, My name's Marissa
3: Newman, and I've I've had the gallery now under Marissa Newman projects for five years, but it's had many iterations and started with a partner with Suite 106 Mm -hmm. to Newman-Popiaspili, and it was always, mine is always about working with the artist Mm -hmm. also. Really, I met artists in various you know, places I I was in, and I just would hear what they were talking about, what they were working on, how committed they were, and they um, it really kind of drove me to want to open a gallery and show mm-hmm. exactly show the work because as great as these artists are, without visibility, you you can't connect, and so and and on talking about what Sarah Croner mentioned about sort of. I like art to also start a dialogue, something that's important. And most of the artists or the artists I work with, everything they do is really so personal and it is talking about Mm -hmm. politics and social action, but always in a much more, I feel, subtle way. So you really have to spend time with the art to understand what the artist is trying to come you know get across to the to the you know world and um it's been just an amazing amazing thing to work with these artists present the work talk to them and have and have the opportunity to um see some people really you know expand their, you know, minds. Yeah. It really it happens. So, you know, it sounds like a big ask, but I do think art has a way to
0: change people's thought processes. So And so what has the last two years been like? Because of course we've had a global pandemic, we've had protests in the United States against, you know, this continued struggle uh, an entrenchment of uh, kind of racist institutional and you know social systems we've also just had you know like the the exposure of the healthcare problems as well in the context of the pandemic and you know that the world uh, we we get comfortable and then we have these ruptures in you know um, and of course artists are always making us think about our, you know, ourselves and and, and the world. Um, but you know, I feel like here we are at Untitled, and it's kind of hard not to talk about what people have been through in the last two years, yeah. having run an assembly room and worked with uh, you know creating a community of cur- independent curators in New York City and emerging artists and going from this high activity to, you know, no activity and just seeing how devastating that has been on our community at assembly room, you know, especially independent um, uh, curators are far more vulnerable because you're working on a project by project basis and you often have full-time jobs and, you know, doing um, everything to both support artists, but also grow as curators, you know, and to also develop um, professionally in that way. And so I just wanted to, you know, hear from you. What, what, how do you feel, you know, has been most impactful for you about the last two years? And that makes being here maybe so much more, you know, fun and exciting and important because a, a, two years is a long time in the art world. you know, <laughs> and, and, and under a pandemic, it feels like four years, you know, so... Yeah, feel free to jump in and just please, I mean, Um, be welcome to respond to each other too, you know. So I I'll start and just
3: say that at the beginning of the pandemic and um, there was a moment where I think, well, you know, working in the arts felt, is this even something one needs to do? Is it is that where my, you know, I should be doing something else It, it felt. You know, maybe it was time to make a shift, but very, very soon after, I was in touch with all my all the artists I work with, or friends, or even artists I don't necessarily work with, or curators, and it was a way when I had these discussions that soon became something I did for the first four months um, during shutdown. I would do these night studios. It was kind of the only time I had free, and so I just made them at night studio visits, and it was something that kept me sane it kept me helped me understand how to process something so big that was happening and every single artist i spoke with had to do their art regardless so whether whatever city and it was rio de janeiro it was um night studios took place with you know all over the world because That's what FaceTime and Mm -hmm. Zoom quickly allowed us to do. Um, Everyone had to be working on their art and talking about what they were working on and just having, and we would film it. And it, it was just something that just helped us slowly get through the first few months. And then I quickly decided that, you know, there's a different way to heal the world and that not everyone can do it, you know, by being a health professional and other things, but I felt that the art was really healing, healing personally, me, and then I, I saw it on a bigger level, like art enthusiasts, art, people who enj- enjoy seeing it or are thoughtful about it, coming back and feeling that
2: power of seeing art again, so. Absolutely, it was, um, for me, it was, a, it was good to slow down it happened right after um you know we did untitled uh, in san francisco so coming back and it was just like right after that almost it was it was the, the world was flat and you know we had it was what like so it went from basel to freeze to untitled so we had all these you know and that's how the world was going it was just like running on fumes so it's like for me it's like it was scary but it was it was kind of us. it slowed down everything and a lot of the artists that i'm working with because they're, they are interdisciplinary. They were using digital art as a way to expand the, their worlds. So even if they were painters, and it was really, it was, it's weird to say it was kind of cool, but it was like I was able to talk to artists in Mexico and like develop these relationships with artists in Italy and just like all over the world. The world became like really big and small at the same time. And for me, it was just like an extension of like, wow, like look at all these other doors that have opened just because this one because now we have to sit still and we have to think about these things. And, you know, and, and started working with Art Puzzle, Puzzle with a Purpose, they're here, and that's Rachel. And so, you know, we started that project early on because we were like, well, we have to do something with our brains, like puzzles are cool, we, we, you know, and she had started that process. So then I was reaching out to artists talking about this cool puzzle process, you know, this puzzle project. So we, we started projects and it was really, um, it was it was interesting because it was like looking at like a square peg, brown, you know, round hole, like what's going to fit? Like what can we do? And it was like, yeah, it was like solving a puzzle and it was yeah, I, I it's it's weird to say I enjoyed it, but I've never had that much time in my life to sit still. Never, you know? So it was it was good. It was healthy.
1: Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um... I also enjoyed to slow down a little bit yeah. Um, and for me it was a huge opportunity to think about fruition of art and how we look at art and um, also the whole digital aspect so I'm I'm a big fan of technology and I'm a huge fan of how content can be made available um, digitally so at the beginning, I was very excited about all these new online viewing rooms. And I mm-hmm. saw parallels to video on demand and TV on demand and yeah. how all this was kind of aligning and opening up and um, connecting the world. Um, but I also got tired of it at some point <laughs> because we can handle only that much screen time a day. Yeah. Um, so it was just, again. Um, A confirmation that actually we all like to have art but we also like we all like to enjoy art in person and how important it is and especially um it 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 just emphasized also why i love working in the public realm Um, because i really like to bring art where people live and work because i like to see their surprise effect on their face when they are around art, and I mean there are so many studies that just prove how people are happier and more productive and whatever with art, and um, so I miss that a lot because a huge part of my work is actually inviting people to come see the exhibitions I curate or the installations I organize, and to explain and to to make them love what they see and to get them. Um, you know excited about it <laughs> so that's that's yeah. um, I, I, something i really enjoy in my in my work actually
0: i beyond think almost the artwork. almost ironically right the fact that we all had to stay home meant that we had to bring art into our home yeah. we're so used to going out to see art to museums to galleries to openings uh, you know and I think that because we all kind of went online, we were bringing art more into our homes. And I know museums prepared all kinds of really interesting and engaging ways um, to continue to offer art programming, especially to kids that were home from school or, yeah. you know, um, their patrons who could, and members who could no longer come to the museum. And so in this kind of weird way, you know, we realized in, to some extent yeah. this ambition and this goal to bring art into people's homes, into people's lives, yeah. into,
2: you know. And I was I was telling my friends that I would have like, if I didn't have an art collection, I don't know what I would have done. Like, you know, like if, if my walls were blank during the pandemic, I would have died. Like, you know what I mean? But I was like, thank God for my art. Like, and I had never been so thankful just to, have the collection that I have, and I was like, oh, good, I can sit under my David Antonio Cruz. I can't see David, you know, but I can feel him, you know, or, you know, just all the other artists that I have that are precious to me. So my collection became really important too,
0: and then wanting to expand it. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, coming out of that period what, and having the time to reflect on, you know, what you want to see more of, do more of um reflect reflected in the art world you know what what do you feel like you would like to see more of in the art world you know um, obviously everyone 's kind of in a different place and changing you know directions as well maybe moving more forward in one direction and pulling back a little bit from other things mm-hmm. so i just wonder from you know as women in the arts as women yeah, with yeah. young galleries you know what would what would an expanded and like a more um, supportive you know and collaborative and maybe empowering arts world look like you know from your perspectives
2: yeah
0: and for me, it was, it was really about learning how
2: to work with every everyone, you know, and expand not only like, you know, just, just space, you know, and what is this? And there's no real like ownership. I don't think, to, I don't want ownership over an artist, you know, because that doesn't make sense to me. It makes sense when the artist is, a, is allowed to, to grow in a way that's like, you know, conducive to their practice and maybe, you know, like there may be another gallerist or someone else who's you know, like focused on performance or or something else that the artist wants to do, but to be malleable and just like to allow them that space because everyone needs that space, but to always to be there as a support, you know? And that's how I've always wanted to, you know, have my practice, you know, run my practice. But I think sometimes there is ownership and there's, you know, sometimes I feel like someone's blocking, like it's a sale, but it's like, look, this is, for me, it's the the developmental part is more, is, is important.
3: It's yeah, exactly. It's, it's exactly how the project, my project space started was I wanted artists to be able to try to test things outside their practice yeah. and feel comfortable and not feel that they had to continue doing what people knew of them already. So... Um, I had, a, like, the artist that I'm showing now, Alexander Lee, he was a sculptor. I was doing a project with him, and I said, do whatever you want, and I assumed it would be a sculpture, and it was all painting, yeah. and, and um, it was great, and and it was fun, and, and so I also, I also don't want to kind of take ownership of artists. I really do want to help expand what they'd like to do and then if other galleries are like you said you know can help them with one part of their practice Mm -hmm. i want them to continue and grow and that my space would always be kind of a laboratory Mm -hmm. and um and keep it fun and you know organic and living
1: so um yeah i feel you said a lot of things that i think too um uh, and in addition to that i also wish that um it's not the art world that needs to become more of something but like i really really hope that other industries look more to the arts Um, and i would love to see more collaborations obviously uh, it's my passion having art in the corporate realm. Mm-hmm. So I would really love to see that companies, especially now that they're dealing with um, getting people back to work, do have art in their offices, and maybe even organize events around that. Because I, you know, it's not a, it's not from a sales perspective. It's really from the perspective of of making our world better. Yeah. Um, and mm, giving artists the opportunity to show their thoughts because every artwork has a lot of thought behind that that is deeper than just what you see yeah
2: because exactly, it's like we're not selling widgets yeah. you know and it's like i'm kind of like over this you know art in a box sort of like you know something that's happening right now that i don't really like in the art world and it's I feel like it's burning a lot of the younger artists out, you know, when they're just like they're they're not even done with their MFA programs and the paintings are still wet and, and here they are on the floor. You know, and it's it's not I'm not to say it's a mess, but it's kind of a mess. So it's like but and it's not fair. I feel like, you know, and these artists think that they have to perform at a level that's like not, you know, like where is where where how are they allowed to grow and expand and, and experiment if, if they're just you know, being pushed in one way, like like you're saying, you know, for sales. And I know that they need sales. We need sales. We need all that to happen. So I don't you know, I'm I'm still searching for solutions like I'm, you know.
0: Well, I mean, I think there's, you know, it is an ecosystem and, you know, everything does affect everyone else. It's interconnected. And I feel, though, that maybe I would like to actually see more project spaces because I think, you know, projects-driven spaces and um, alternative kinds of ways of artists run spaces. This is kind of disappearing, you know, Um, and even mid-sized galleries are disappearing. You know, we're going to be seeing much more. You're either big or you're either small. And so for me, though, however, I feel like you know what you're doing, and and um, and operating on a kind of smaller level, but much more like fully supporting artists' projects does give artists that space to kind of grow and experiment and develop new things and test new ideas, yeah. um, and you know, uh, in that sense, help help them to. Become more confident in their practice, to take more chances and risks, and to be supported in doing that. You know, I think, I think that is like such a generative layer. You know, that um, that adds so much value to the big city scene. Um, we, I mean, we know New York City can be quite relentless, and you know, of course, uh, um, maintaining this. I mean, the the, the pandemic slowed everything down, even though we did amp things up online, you know. But I think that um, a lot of artists were ready, however, for this moment and for, uh, for the opening up, because there was this withdrawal, this continued support and nurturing and development of projects without the eyes on them, you know, without this hyper attention as well and speed. And so um, I th- I've seen certainly at the fair, I've seen some really exciting works, lots of new work that artists have made mm-hmm. as at Untitled, at Art Basel, you know, in the residencies as well, because um, residencies also play that vital role of providing that space for artists. Um, and so, you know, I I feel excited about the work that has come out of this year and a half, two years of really slowing down and withdrawing from public view, but continuing to make. Con- and I really enjoyed, um, you know, different kinds of online offerings, but my favorite was always with the artists in the studio, yeah. you know, and just seeing how they're spending the pandemic, where are they spending it, what are they doing it and how is it changing their practices because maybe it's well i only have the small cabiners where i'm spending you know most of the pandemic i'm not in the big city and so i could only bring this kind of work and you know just the different um, uh, impacts and So I've really um, enjoyed seeing all the new work that has come out of this time. It has been so fertile, so generative, and also just helped us process a lot of the protests and the trauma and the anxieties and stresses of the last two years, you know? Um, So, yeah, I mean, what are you excited about for the future and for for the artists?
2: I'm, I'm excited all about with- new audience development, you know, because um, I'm I, I'm seeing audiences, you know, really just kind of like expand, and you know, for me that's exciting. You know, I remember Basel in 2009, it didn't look like this, you know, and it's like now like the that landscape ha- is changing, and you know, like we we have like an opportunity really to hit so many different communities that i think that is that's where i'm at and it's like you know my exhibition at untitled is called the ties that bind so it's like artists from all over the world you know and it's it's not about um it's not about gender it's not about race it's not about identity it's about process and it's about intentionality and it's about abstraction and it's also about use of medium and it's about like yeah like you know what are those conversations and you know rooted in indigenous you know, um, thought processes. You know, and and yeah. So I'm, I'm. That's what I'm interested in.
0: Yeah, and interconnection is something that runs throughout your presentation too. That it, it, you know, we're all kind of on the similar, um, in, in in similar social, political, cult. You know, situations. And so, mm-hmm. how are different artists coming at it?
2: I feel like I've been answering a lot. Sorry. Sorry. Sarah. That? No. Oh. Y- y- wait. Were you asking me the question or were you asking, sir? I didn't, I didn't hear the last part of your question, I'm sorry. The last
0: part of the, the, last part of the question. Oh, you I think it was <laughs> just about um, the future, you know, yes. what you look forward to in the future with your artists, yes. for yourself, like in this moment. I mean, to unpack a little bit um, what Elena was saying, you know, that um, in terms of we haven't seen this sort of expanded yeah. you know, show of uh, artists and, galleries and you know curators and curatorial mm-hmm. projects um, at the fair before and so I think that's I just want to underline that because it's, uh, for me I hope it's in, indicating the future kinds of directions we do want to work in and the greater participation we do want from this kind of intersectional presenting artists yeah. in, more intersectionally.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean I'm the things the, I agree with the expansion of audience. I think mm-hmm. it's something that I have been observing, and I think positively. I think, despite the fact we, we're all home, I feel audience has expanded. Yeah. Um, and these days, being at the fair, seeing so many people coming to the fair in person is extremely exciting. I think. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And. As I said before, I, I, I really hope that the future will create even more connections that go even beyond the fair, that go beyond the sale. Was like, I I have the feeling that um, people from all kinds of other industries of, kind of age, race, whatever, are tapping and rediscovering art. Um, I do think even the NFT movement is somehow proving that. Mm-hmm. So there is there is a need and there is um, a desire for the visual, um, whether it's digital or physical. I mean, it's it's so evident and I, I'm very excited about this. <laughs> yeah,
0: creativity, imagination, yes. you know, Definitely. ideas, yeah. new showing us new things that we had and putting new things in the world that weren't there before.
1: Yeah. And, and experience. I yeah. think um, mm-hmm. the future will bring more and more experiential projects. Um, I think it, I'm not sure if that's a direct consequence from the lockdown we had, but like I feel people are really thirsty for experience, um, yeah. kind of like involving all kinds of senses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: and con- and connection and I think we can certainly expect more uh, global you know challenges in the future mm-hmm. and I think for me what this coming out of this pandemic it's very clear that you know unless we are connected to each other and mm-hmm. unless we are able to work together and unless we are able to support and help each other um, we, will, we won't be able to meet those challenges in the future because I think we can certainly in mean the you know the environment is one instance of that where it will continue to be a, cha- a challenge exactly. you know climate change will continue to challenge communities and, and the global community as well so um, art that connects, that allows us to experience our human mm-hmm. and our compassion, compassion for each other yeah. and our creativity mm-hmm. is at the heart of, you know, that connection, connecting yeah. us. And, and I just have to borrow
2: something that um, my booth neighbor said, and it's, it's magic. Art is magic, you know, and it's like, you know, it's like magic making and like right now it feels like magic it feels like we're in like this explosion of like what is this you know this came out of someone's you know just head like it's it's magic you know and we're here to facilitate that and that's exciting and an honor and a pleasure
0: and yeah, lots of trained. hard work yeah. so. <laughs> so true Thank you all for joining us and thank,
1: you. thank, thank you, you for your
0: spaces and thank your you. programs and your contributions to the fair and thank our you. experience thank of you. art. So
1: nice to be here. Thank, thank, you. You. thank,
0: thank you. you so much. Thank you.